save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to Rumbuncher Radio. This is episode somewhere in the late 80s, guys. Honestly, I've lost track. We haven't been listing them the last few. And, uh, you know, it's been some time in between here. So I think we're somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s. We're going to call it number 89, though, for the sake of simplicity. Trey Andy, Marty Lee, Nick Caparoso. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. As we get into the show, guys, i got to start off by telling you about rumbunter.com. Pirates have struggled this season. But the coverage has not. You guys have been excellent, uh, you know, joining us via rumbutter.com, joining us on Twitter for the podcast, everything. So we appreciate you guys. Go check out that work and follow the podcast on Twitter at rumbunter. Lots to get into tonight as the Pirates continue to struggle into September now. Uh, you know, some roster moves and all of that. We're going to talk about who needs to get called up as the two slots have been opened up um, and the two guys that, that were brought up right away. Uh, and some other stuff, guys, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth uh, the second, Queen Elizabeth Jr. has passed away. Our condolences. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on the world headlining news today? Well, first off, before we jump into anything, you know, you mentioned rumbunter.com and our fans and people read us and all that stuff. I do want to give a big thank you to everybody. You know, the, this season has not been easy at all. And July and August was the best back-to-back months um, in the history of our website in terms of page views. So, you know, thank you to all of you out there who – stick it out with us, read what we have to write or interested or engaged, leaving comments, uh, you know, interacting with us, especially when the team is, you know, on pace for 103 losses and their second consecutive 100 loss season and would be third consecutive at 2020 and up and shortened due to a global pandemic. So for that, thank you, everybody. You guys really are the best and you make what we do worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the motivation, right? At this point is you guys keep coming back and reading, you know, us. it's obviously not, uh, the like you said once again, one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, you know, we always joke that if they started winning, imagine you know what our site would do, and we can't do it without the readers. And you know, it shows that you guys do care about the team, and you're you're engaged in the process as we are. You know, we know everyone has different opinions on you know things. Heck, our own writers, we have different opinions on things. But you know, just uh you know, keep interacting with us and, you know, we'll keep on hopefully giving you different perspectives and ideas on uh, where this team's going. Yeah, no doubt, guys. Um, it, it's been really a struggle here for the Pirates. Like you said, Marty, on pace for 103 losses, I believe. That's a regression from last season, uh, you know, something we didn't expect. But, um, you know, as we get it started, guys, how are you doing? I know you guys have had school these last couple of weeks. Um, you know, how's that going? Yeah, things are off to a good start this year. Um, you know, couldn't ask for better classes so far. And, you know, in terms of just school itself, you know, I've had to miss some days early on. But, you know, I'm expecting uh, a baby girl here at the end of December, as we found out. So, you know, just a lot going on. Um, but overall, very, very uh, 
good start to my uh, new school year um, inside the school and out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, congratulations, Nick, to your wife, Lauren. Um, you know, you guys, we're all very excited for you, not just to be pregnant, but I know you're having a baby girl. Um, you know, the, the day you guys first told my wife and I, and we were at, at lunch and you guys called us to tell us, and we look like fools at the bar with people staring at us because we're sitting there geeking out with you. My wife's crying. And so, you know, where it's, it's a very That's exciting time. And I yeah, was like, geez, take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very exciting time and everybody's happy for you guys. And yeah. Like you said, great start to the school year. And I can't complain either. My, my first three weeks of school, we're off to a good start and ready to have a good half day Friday tomorrow and coast into another weekend of college football and baseball. And one of the most wonderful times of the year for sports where yeah, you have football someday. season and baseball season overlapping. It is the best. The 103rd NFL season started tonight. Uh, and, and huge congratulations, Nick. That is uh, that is special, man. And that is going to be great. I, I, the only thing, I feel bad that she's going to be born a Pirates fan. Um, but you know what? That just comes with it there. So con- congratulations, dude. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, maybe I'll let her, her kind of figure out who she wants to root for on her own. But you know, there's definitely going to be a little bit of an influence there. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all right, man. It's it's a struggle right now. But, hey, maybe when she comes around, she uh, will be a, a winning Pirates fan at that point. Um, but the Pirates have not done a lot of winning here this season. But that's not really what it's about, guys. A lot of the episodes this year, we've kind of talked about the development and what needs to happen, who we need to see, and, you know, how all of that's gone to this point. Um, you know, I think in the minor leagues, there's been ups and downs this season. But we always get excited for September because we know – we're going to get to see a couple extra minor leaguers when the Pirates are in rebuild mode. Um, what were you guys' thoughts this week as, as the Pirates decided uh, that they would be going with Johan Oviedo and Cal Mitchell as the two roster additions? Do you guys think that those two were the right selection? And, you know, what do we expect to see here in the next few weeks? I mean, Oviedo was definitely one that didn't surprise me and definitely one I, I wanted to see. You know, Ben Sherrington had hinted in August at Oviedo getting starts with the Pirates in September, which is what we're seeing. I still think in the long run, there's a good shot. Oviedo winds up in the bullpen. I think that's just where his stuff is better suited, but this is the time chime of the starting pitcher. It doesn't hurt to give it a try. And, you know, we've seen two starts from him, one in which he made a very good Toronto Blue Jays lineup look silly. And one where he faced a very good New York Mets lineup and they made him look silly. No, I'll be it. You know, that second inning against the Mets, there were some tough balls and strike calls there, especially against Pete Alonso when he definitely should have been out of the inning with only two runs across. But, you know, I, I don't mind Oviedo being up here. I don't mind them starting him. If it doesn't go well as a starter, you know he can be a really good bullpen arm. You put him in the bullpen start the year next year. You still have a lot of talent in that arm. As for Cal Mitchell, wouldn't have been my first choice. I would have liked to have seen Travis Swaggerty up here playing every day. But Mitchell is in a very similar boat to Swaggerty where he has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues. So you might as well get him up here, throw a bunch of at-bats at him this last month of the season, and have a better idea of where he does or does not fit into your plans moving forward as you enter the offseason. Yeah, Marty, I think like you said, this is kind of Mitchell's like tryout to really cement himself into a, a spot on the team next year where Swaggerty – you know, I think just as, again, had such a choppy year, um, you know, I think they're looking at just allowing him to finish a year in AAA and maybe we'll see him then. But uh, if not, you know, I think the whole purpose is to just kind of, like you said, get Mitchell up here, Swaggerty, former first-round pick. They want to make sure they give him, 
you know, a more true uh, opportunity than they gave them er earlier this year, but might just be better off waiting till next year at this point. Um, Mitchell, he's had a, you know, bigger sample size at the major leagues, much easier transition to call him up. Obviously, Oviedo, we thought would, you know, be a part of the roster. Um, when they sent him down, it made sense just trying to stretch him out some and get him assimilated to the Pirates system. But, uh, you know, one thing I do want to mention is he said that he was throwing a different type of fastball in his last start against the Mets there, um, trying a different grip, assuming that this is something, you know, that the Pirates themselves have been adding to, you know, all their pitchers' repertoire. But one of those things, uh, hopefully it was just that, and he was having trouble controlling it, and just he said he's going to continue to use it. So I'm sure just as he does that, you know, he'll get more comfortable with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you hear people talk a lot how September can be similar to spring training, where it can be difficult to put too much too much stock into stats, and it's because of things like that. You know, this is a time to play around with different pitches, a different stance at the plate, you know, di different grips on your pitches. It, it's These games don't matter if you're the Pirates. Um, it's all about development. So, again, very similar to spring training. So, again, this is the time – not just for Oviedo, but like you said, Nick, for anybody to be doing that, you know, if, if you're, you know, anyone say, say you're a Mitch Keller and you want to try and tinker going back to that four seam fastball a little bit more, maybe as we kind of saw in his last start, you know, this time to be doing it, play around a little bit, take advantage of these games that mean absolutely nothing to you and treat them as developmental games. And that's what the pirates should be doing. Yeah. I mean, in worst case, like Oviedo, like if it, by the end of this season, is still uncomfortable and he feels like he doesn't have it, then they know going into next year, okay, like toss that to the side, like let's build you up, you know, in this way instead. Yeah, yeah and like we said, worst case scenario for Oviedo, you're probably looking at a really good back end of the bullpen arm. You know, if you could pair him with Will Crow and David Bednar at the back of your bullpen, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid seven, eight, nine inning trio going into next season as long as everyone's healthy. Yeah, it should be good. It's going to be a fun back end to watch here as they kind of continue to develop. I would love to see Johan eventually move to that role. And a big shout-out to David Bednar. He's a Roberto Clemente Award finalist. Uh, so congratulations on that honor. You know, and pitching is something that I, I would love to see more of in the month of September here. We've been talking about Quinn Priester for a long time. And uh, sorry to distract, guys, but this this football game, I don't know if you guys have it on right now. It is yeah. turnover central. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I mean, a lot sloppy you expect for, you know, what, what could be a potential legitimate Super Bowl preview. <laughs> yeah. A team that just won the Super Bowl against the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, it's been sloppy so far. But uh, back to baseball here. When are we going to see Quinn Priester get called up to the show? And, you know, some other guys, Juwan Bay, um, you know, maybe even some other pitchers you guys have in mind. I know you had the article out this week, Marty. Who are we going to see come up next? I mean, you mentioned G1 Bay, and I really don't know why he's not in the majors yet, especially when you designated Josh Van Meter for assignment. I mean, not to be mean, but thank God that finally happened. Um, you know, as I mentioned pre-show, one of my uh, a tweet I saw today said the Queen lived long enough to see Josh Van Meter designated for assignment. And <laughs> if laughing at that makes me go to hell, I was probably already going anyway. But um, anyway, whenever he was designated for assignment, I was really surprised you didn't add Jiwon Bay to the 40 man roster. I mean, he needs to be out of the 40 man roster this off season anyway, because he's roll five draft eligible. And he's a guy you're going to add because if you don't, he'll probably, I would bet money on him being the first pick of the roll five draft. If you don't protect him. And that's when I just don't get 
get him up here. He can play literally every position except for first base and catcher. Throw in the designated hitter. It'd be easy to get him at bats every day. See what the kid can do. I mean, if he comes up and hits well, hey, you know what? Go into next season with him, with him as your leadoff man. It's I don't I don't get it. Um, you know the pitchers. I really, really hope we see Quinn Priester and Mike Bros both get the Ronzi Contreras treatment from last year. Um, they both have been really good in the minors this year. They both absolutely dominated at Double A after a slow start at Triple A. Burroughs has been pitching extremely well for a month plus now. Let them get them up here. Let them get their feet wet. Even if you let them piggyback a start together, let Burroughs go four innings. Let Priester go four innings. Just and and I think part of it too is. And I know that's something we've harped on a lot this year that the Pirates talk about this player-centric culture, and we haven't seen it much. That's a way to do it. Like you did last year, you rewarded Rowanzi Contreras. You rewarded O'Neill Cruz for the work they put in. You got them up here. You got their feet wet, got them used to the majors. And now we see those guys having success in the major leagues. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they were able to spend a couple of days in the major leagues last year, face major league players, and build some confidence up that that helped them coming into this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Marty. And, you know, going along with the whole player central concept, it's like, and we've talked about this before, the team needs to start being a little more aggressive with some of these prospects. Um, you know, like you Quinn Priester's absolutely dominating double A. He hasn't had a bad start. I can't even tell, remember the last one he had at this point. For nothing but positive things about his pitches, um, you know, his – Fastball's got some sink on it. Um, his curveball's biting better than it did last year. Everything looks like it's starting to develop in the right direction. And it's like, you know what? Like, does this guy need to go to AAA? You know, does he really? Does this former first-round pick who's throwing 95-plus need to go to AAA to continue to work on things? But sometimes, like, I don't know. It's, it's just like, what more does he have to work on? You know, are we tinkering too much instead of just saying, hey, let's get up there and let's see what you can do and go out there and pitch. And then we'll go from there, obviously, when you're facing major league hitters. But I just they need to start getting a little more aggressive with with these promotions. Um, I, I know there's a lot to it between Super 2 earlier in the year and now with September call ups and like you said, 40 man roster additions and things like that. But I mean, like you said, we just cut Josh Van Meter. It's not like there's not guys on the 40 man roster that can we can move on from to get these guys onto it and you know up here. Uh, G1 Bay, same thing. I don't get it. Not really sure why he's down there still. Um, I, I, I mean, they called up Hoy Park over him. I don't know how much more of Hoy Park we need to see. I get Hoy Park might be a decent player in a pinch when you have an injury or something like that and you need to call someone up who can play multiple positions. But, I mean, you DFA Josh Van Meter. You knew that he was going. Um, you know, why not replace him with someone that will hopefully fill that – literally what they were asking him to do, basically, and play almost every day still. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Priester Double A. I pulled it up. He's made 15 starts for Altoona. He's allowed three earned runs twice. He's allowed two earned runs, one, two, three, four times. In the other 11 starts, he's allowed one runner less. Yeah, I mean, so in, in 11 of 15 starts, he's allowed one earned runner less. Uh, or 10 of the 15 starts, excuse me, he's allowed one earned runner less. He's allowed two earned runs three times, three earned runs twice, and is not allowed more than three earned runs. So, so why not let him carry that into yeah. the major leagues? It's the and same it's, thing, like you said with Ronzi, like last year. Worst case, 
like he he gets his eyes open a little bit and okay next year like this is what we need to you know you need to think about but at the same time like I just don't think that's going to be the case for him I mean he's a former first round pick for a reason he's polished and you can see that this year that he, you know, really took that step forward that everyone kind of was looking for him to take last year. No, no doubt about it. This is a guy that, like I said, you know, we've heard so much about how much better it's been this year. A guy that we kind of worried about coming into the season, but he really has come a long way this season. And, you know, it's time. Let's see these guys. If not Quinn Priester, somebody. G1 uh, by yeah, Burroughs, too. I mean, it's the same Burrows. thing. Yeah. The, guy, the guy is one of the by far the most competitive uh, player that we've ever talked to. Uh, you can just get that sense from him, his tone. Um, you know, he wants to be at the big leagues and it's one of those, sometimes you got, like you said, Murray, reward the guy, reward that effort he's put in, reward that intensity. Cause there's honestly not too many players that uh, I know, or at least that are locked into their, um, game the way he is i mean he's always looking for ways to get better um and you know it's huge compliments to him because he was an 11th round pick sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply wasn't necessarily supposed to be, you know, a highly touted prospect, but, you know, he's turned into one. And that just, to me, when you have prospects like that, they're, they're even more so to work out because they, they have always had to work hard and they'll continue to work hard. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned about rewarding players and specifically Mike Burroughs coming into the year. What was the big thing on Burroughs? He needed that third pitch. He needed that third pitch. He's not only added a changeup, he has refined that changeup into being yeah. an absolute weapon. Um, it has become not just a pitch, but a plus pitch. And as a result, we see him now in Baseball America's top 100 prospects. Like, yeah. that's what we're talking about when we say reward these guys for putting in the work. Mike Burroughs. Like, if you would have went back like three years ago, you would have never thought, hey, Mike Burroughs is going to be a top 100 prospect. And that's no knock to him. But because he was always kind of on the radar as a decent pitching prospect, I mean, but like he was a pretty highly touted uh, uh, over slot guy coming out of high right. school. Right. But if you remember when he was on the podcast, he mentioned how um, you know everyone wanted to just make him a reliever for some reason, and it's like here we are years later, and he's turned into a top one hundred prospect, you know, as a starting pitcher. Set which is not easy to do, obviously. So, like you said, it's just he keeps getting better each year. Yeah. You know, he, he was given a task for the season. He went out, he accomplished it with flying colors. 
reward that with a star. It's not going to hurt. He could come out, and the same goes with Priester. They could come out, make a start this month, face 10 batters, not retire a single one, and in no way, shape, or form is that going to be a negative for their long-term development. If anything, it's going to be a positive because it then gives them that incentive to bounce back and be even better. Nothing negative is going to come out of giving these guys a start or two in September or giving them a couple innings out of the bullpen. I just, I don't, I don't understand why we don't see it. Or, I mean, I really do hope that when the minor league season ends, we see those two up here, but it's more than that. You know, it's Bay, it's Swaggerty. There, there are guys that just are very much in the nothing left to prove in the minors camp. And yet we continue to see, you know, Greg Allen and, and Ben Gamble and Kevin Newman playing every day. It's pretty ridiculous at this point. Um, you know, and I don't know who tweeted it. I never know who's behind the curtain on the run, but your Twitter. But, you know, yesterday somebody tweeted, playing a doubleheader without deploying a true starting pitcher in either game is a bold strategy, especially when your bullpen is one of the worst in baseball. It's a very true point. Why are they doing this? Give these guys their chance. Let Michael Burroughs start in that situation, you know, or Quinn Priester, somebody of that nature. And, you know, I guess good on the organization for allowing Mike Burroughs to continue as a starter in his minor league development. But now it's time to bring him up and give him a shot here to at least stretch it out in September. Uh, but not quite yet. We see Cal Mitchell and Johan Oviedo um, get those September call-ups. Uh, some other moves this week. Zach Collins and Junior Fernandez were uh, added to the team yesterday via waivers uh, after being designated for assignment from Toronto. Zach Collins, a guy that, um, you know, we were expecting maybe to see make that roster immediately, but he was optioned to AAA Indianapolis. Why did the Pirates do this? You know, why, why make this signing? And, you know, and with the catching situation in the big leagues, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, Collins is a, a decently intriguing guy for waiver claim standards. I mean, a former first round. Yeah, I mean, Collins, the last two years, he's been a completely different hitter than he was early in his career. He hasn't been great, but he's at least been, a you know, floating around a league average hitter or so. And, you know, if you look at the pirate catching situation, that's why I was kind of surprised to see him option to AAA Indy. So, I, I don't know. I would – to me and Nick, you I know. What I think happened. What? <laughs> I think Davis got hurt, and they were like, oh, man. <laughs> we don't really have anything outside of him behind the plate. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, I texted you this yesterday, Nick, and I said that this, to me, screams like almost like an early offseason kind of move, more so than in-season. Yeah. Like, hey, we know we're going to need to address the catcher position in the offseason. This is the kind of guy you would go out and look to add to pair with someone else in the offseason. He was available now. So, you know, maybe similar to OBA, or you give him down to AAA to start to get him just kind of, you know, into the organization, comfortable with the organization, whatever it may be. But I really, I really did not understand why Collins was not added to the major league roster. You know, it's not like Tyler Heineman and, and Jason DeLay is, you know, you're not, you're not exactly uh, late in the world on fire. It's like you got Russell Martin or something back there. Yeah, Collins, I mean, on top of everything you said, just being a former first-round pick, um, you know, there's pedigree there. And that wasn't that long ago. He was a first-round pick, I believe, in 2019. I might be wrong. Let me look at that. But he is bringing another element to the Pirates that hopefully – I mean, potentially in, in power. He's a big power hitter, um, you know, something we've talked about, again, the Pirates needing more of in their system. Um, on top of that, 
you know, he's just 27 years old. So he's still relatively young. Like you said, you can get a couple years out of him potentially, you know, as, as a catching depth piece. Um, let's see here. He was drafted. Yeah. Okay. I was completely wrong. He was drafted in 2016, 10th <laughs> overall. But anyhow, so then Fernandez, the pitcher, again, it's I find it interesting for the Pirates going back to the Cardinals pool of pitchers after claiming off, uh, you know, getting Oviedo earlier. Um, you wonder if this was someone that they maybe also tried to acquire. Um you know, at the deadline as part of that Quintana deal. And maybe it didn't work out at the time. And now it is, who knows, maybe not. But uh, overall, this guy at one point was a 40 plus future value. He was ranked as I think the Cardinals like 15th best prospect in their system, you know, going into just last year. So there's definitely talent there. Uh, I believe he's 25 years old. So you're again, looking at a potential bullpen piece, but also, you know, a guy who might be able to stick for for some years. Rather see him than you know Johan Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd rather see him than probably like ninety percent of the relief pitchers yeah. on the forty man roster. <laughs> At least somebody different. Just try something different. See what see what happens. And that will be what's interesting too is like something we didn't bring up here that we should talk about is you add those two guys to the 40 man roster. So like that's two spots that you potentially, you know, are going to now have to clear for other players. Um, it'll be interesting to see if those are guys, like you said, they plan on keeping around or not uh, for the, for more, the more long term because they're going to have a lot of 40 man decisions and, you know, it's going to be, it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, no doubt. Collins, at least, you know, you would expect for the longer term, but um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see uh, as as the offseason goes on there. And, you know, really, as September finishes out here as well. Uh, but one guy that has turned it on in the last couple of weeks, even if the Pirates have not, O'Neill Cruz. And, you know, this is a guy that numbers wise may have struggled from the jump, you know, but since his call up and well before that, we knew what was possible at the big league level just the raw talent, the tools, and now, you know, the stat cast numbers we're seeing and, you know, some of these home runs, like we were texting about the other night, the one home run swing just so effortless. Looks like he was fighting the ball off and, uh, you know, put it in the river there. So, you know, what has gone into this stretch for O'Neill Cruz and how much do you think his confidence has grown at the big league level? You know, has nothing changed and now he's just seeing the ball a little better. One thing, you know, I'll let Marty take the bulk of this. Um, but one thing I do want to say is if you look across baseball from the start of the year, a lot of the young players, rookies specifically, had slow starts to the year. It took them like a month or so to really, you know, get their get comfortable. And, you know, something that Keith Law um, over at The Athletic mentioned uh, around the trade deadline, I believe, is that, Triple A to the majors, he believes, is has never been a bigger gap between the two levels of competition. And so I think that speaks to the quality of players we're seeing in the big leagues right now. I think it speaks to how organizations are now set up also, where you're seeing more of these minor league veterans at the triple A level um, rather than, you know, the top prospects. Um, so 
I think it will be interesting, um, you know, to see if he keeps this up through September. But as far as like, if you look at Julio Rodriguez and, you know, if he can do anything close to what Julio has done this year, like really, really good spot, obviously. Uh, Julio, people were ready to give up and after his first month. And sometimes you got to let these players fight through these things, play through it. You got a guy like Cruz who, I mean, it was just only a matter of time. The the ability, the pattern, like you said, he's just making contact and that he has so much better chance of getting a hit because of that raw power. Also, O'Neal Cruz, historically, every time he's moved up to a new level, has struggled. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I know this is something I looked to, into in the past uh, when there's been panic about him struggling in the minors to start a year. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, he struggled at high A to start the year. He struggled at double A to start the year. Like it's, again, it's something that some players respond differently. And, you know, the fact that he has responded and, you know, it, we're seeing results now this quickly is, Probably, you know, a positive, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, you mentioned increased contact, and that's been a big thing. You know, I wrote a little bit about this on the site. It went up on Thursday. Um, if you go back to August 18th, so the last three weeks now, so not a super big sample size, but, you know, the last three weeks, Cruz has been more aggressive at the plate, which has made a huge difference. His strikeout rate isn't that much different from what it's been on the year, only a few percentage points off. But his contact rate in the last three weeks, which is 70 plate appearances, has been 68.7%. And he's only been swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone at 30% rate. And a big part of that is when he first came up, he was it, it was sickingly eerie to Pedro Alvarez, where he would look at two pitches in the strike zone instead of being aggressive early in the count, fall behind, and swing and miss at some junk pitch because he had two strikes. He's not been that way as much lately. He's been more aggressive early in the count. It's paying off during that three-week stretch. Um, I mean, he's still doing his thing with killing the ball and average exit velocity, 95 miles an hour, a barrel rate of 23%, which is ridiculous. Um, but he's hitting for a 281, 333, 563 clip with a 12% extra base hit rate. So I think we're starting to see that ceiling where when he is aggressive early in the count, is jumping on pitches instead of falling behind. And that is one thing I do think, you know, as critical as I've been of Derek Sheldon, I think one move he's made that's really paid off is letting Cruz bat lead off lately because top of the lineup there, you're probably going to get a pitcher through early in the count that you can drive because the pitcher doesn't want to risk walking the leadoff man. I think that's paid off for him. Um, I would like to see him. I don't, obviously you don't want to know Cruz batting leadoff long-term uh, way too much power potential in that bat. You want him in a position to drive in runs. So batting him at the top of the lineup, I think, is a good idea just because, like you said, he's getting more pitches um, in the zone. and But also a big thing was getting someone behind him in the lineup, you know, and they finally have – they have Reynolds sitting behind him, uh, you know, makes it a lot harder to pitch around him than when he's batting, you know, sixth or seventh and – you know, nothing against our lower hitters, but, you know, getting Cruz that uh, protection definitely was, I think, a, a big part in moving him up in the lineup as well. Fun to watch, guys. O'Neill Cruz, obviously, 
one of the greatest raw talents uh, in the game right now. That's my opinion, but I think that's becoming more of a fact as we see him continue to break StatCast and show off some of these tools here. Uh, I think we might have lost Nick to some technical difficulties, um, unfortunately. Going to have to close it out here without him, but uh, really not too much left in the show, Marty. If you just want to give a quick little minor league update, something you saw this week that caught your attention or maybe something that you're excited for in, uh, in the upcoming week. Yeah, for me, you know, you look at the minor leagues, I think one thing that's been great to see this week um, is to see Matt Gorski back in the lineup for Altoona. You know, he was putting together just absolute monster season before going on the injured list. Um, he hit 23 home runs, which when he went on the injured list, I'm pretty certain led all minor league hitters across baseball. You know, not just across the Pirate minor league system, but across all the baseball. Um, you know, got hurt, had surgery that seemed like it potentially end a season. Thankfully, it did not end his season, however, and he was able to get back into the lineup for the curve earlier this week um, after doing some rehab assignments with Bradenton. So, you know, to see him back with Altoona is big. Um, really excited to see how Gorski can finish the season. One of those handful of guys, well, more than a handful, honestly, who are Rule 5 eligible this offseason, they expect the Pirates to add to the 40-man roster. So definitely a guy to watch down the stretch here. Um, some other guys, you know, Malcolm Nunez also acquired in the in the Jose Quintana trade has been swinging a good bat for Altoona since coming over. Um, really, and I know this is something Noah wrote about a few weeks back. Ever since the beginning of the summer, ever since June first, Nunez has been red hot for both the Cardinals and the Pirate organization. Another guy probably going to be out of the forty man roster this year, and then a, a third man who I think is is safe to say will have his forty man roster spot given to him because of the uh, power potential that he brings is Dario Lopez, who just continues to fly under the radar for high A Greensboro. Um, I mean, Lopez has been out of the lineup for about a week week or two now, with a little bit of an injury, but definitely a name I think Pirate fans should be keeping an eye on. Has 19 home runs this year at Greensboro. Big-time power potential there, and probably another guy you see out of the 40-man roster in order to protect him from the Roll 5 draft. Yeah. That Quintana deal, I, I continue to feel better about it as it goes on there. Love what Nunez is doing. Those other guys as well. Um, Great little minor league update there as we close it out tonight, guys. Like I said at the top, find us on Twitter, at Rumbunter, and please go check out rumbunter.com. You guys have given us the best two months in site history, so thank you so much for that. And keep uh, keep helping us grow here as the Pirates are trying to do so as well, slowly but surely. As we work through the rest of September, guys, we're going to be joining you into the offseason as well. And, you know, we hope to get some more guests on as we begin the offseason. Um, I know they're booked up right now, but we'll definitely have some guys on here. As, uh, as Ron Buncher Radio continues for episode number 89, my name is Trey Yandy from Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso. Have a great week, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.